0: All right, what's our date today? What's today? 15. 15. Take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter? 15. Chapter 15. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 15 today. Monday, uh, there's so many things you wanna preach and you have just a, a couple opportunities and I thank God for those opportunities. And so you really wanna be a good steward of it. But I was looking at that and I was thinking, man, you know, that Proverbs 15 on Wednesday, that'd make a good message. I think it'd be good, many of you, maybe uh, for the first week ever, uh, maybe you did Proverbs uh, for your devotions. Maybe you just, you've just you been doing that and uh, you did it again. And today was Proverbs 15. And, um, and this, I pray, will be a great encouragement to your already commitment to God's word. If you haven't been doing Proverbs, something else or wherever you've been, Um, I I believe that today will be a great encouragement to you, but I think it's just kind of good to go through a Proverbs on that day, even in chapel, uh, for you to go like, you know, I do need to start reading that Proverbs uh, every day and just be a real encouragement to you. So I've entitled the message, Five Fabulous Phrases for Fortitude from Proverbs 15. And uh, I think there'll be a help to you. I think there'll be an encouragement to you. And, uh, you know, I really enjoy being here because whatever I can come up with, I can give it to Chris Roberts or Jason. And they, put, they, they made screens for me and everything. And so uh, I'm excited about doing Proverbs 15. I'd like to begin with something, if it's okay. I really don't want to embarrass folks or whatever. Though, I think we should be thankful for the commitments that we made and that we stuck with it. Let me just ask a few questions. How many of you in this room, this Week had your devotions at least one time this week. You opened God's word and you had a devotion. Would you raise your hand? Okay. How many uh, would you in this room, so you would raise it again, if this is true of you, that you would say, Brother Shuttler, honestly, I had my devotions five times this week. Five times this week, I had my devotions. Praise the Lord. And thank you for your honesty on that. If you had your devotions, every day this week. And you know what? You get what you honor. Whatever you honor is what you get. If you had your devotions every day this week, would you stand to your feet? Would you stand? Let's give them an applause. Amen. That's a good thing. That's a good thing to be rewarded for. Amen. Thank you. You guys may be seated. I think that's great. Thank you for everyone's honesty uh, as well. But I think that's great. And for some of you, that may be the first time you've ever done that. Maybe it's been a long time since you had your devotions every uh, every day for a week. Many of you that stood, I would imagine, you go, Brother Shetler, honestly, I really am committed to it. And I have it every day. And that is great. I pray that some of the things that we taught last week would be a help to you. So I've had the privilege to hear two chapel messages um, since I've been back, um, uh, otherwise I was either preaching in them or we had fine arts or whatever. And the two that I heard, one was by brother Wicks on fortitude on faint yet pursuing. And then yesterday on following the Lord. And I think there's some truths in Proverbs 15 that can give you some grit that Brother Wicks talked about, the fortitude. And I think there's some things to follow the Lord in, in Proverbs 15, that will be a great help to you. So I just kinda wanna give the next steps uh, to the two messages I heard in chapel by Pastor Wicks. And what was the pastor's name yesterday? I don't even remember. Hester? Hester? Hesser, Hesser, yeah. I'd never met him before. I thought that was just phenomenal yesterday. And it really spoke to my heart. And by the way, College students, thanks for responding to God's word. Never stop responding. You know, we talked Sunday night about Pharaoh hardening his heart. You know how you harden your heart? Is that when you don't receive the light that's been given to you. Because light rejected produces more darkness. And light received produces more light the way to harden your heart is to reject the truth that you've just heard and not respond to it and it was just really touched my heart yesterday see uh, uh, the invitation and and just the way that you respond and it is an we'll talk a little bit more about it tomorrow. But it is an absolute joy to be back and just to be. And more than anything else, I got to do some hospital visits with Pastor Chapel. And I love, man. I'm telling you, I love my pastor. Uh, just getting to meet or just reconnecting. I had a dinner with the Crocketts last night, and and uh, dinner with uh, Dr. R on Sunday, and just connecting with people from Lancaster Baptist again. But gang, there is just absolutely no question. Nothing compares to being with the students at West Coast Baptist College. I hope you do consider the Joshua camps. Uh, A lot of people say, now are you still gonna stick with Joshua camps now that Brother Smithy is the director? And I said, oh yeah. And let me tell you, I have never been more passionate for worldview camp and leadership camp than I am this summer. If there has ever been a time that our young people need to start becoming biblical leaders, it is now. And if there is ever a time that this youth has got to start getting a biblical worldview, it is now. I am more passionate right now for Joshua Camps than I have ever been. And uh, I hope you'll be with us. If at all that works out, we would love to have you. And maybe if nothing else, just come see the, with us at the meeting tonight and see if the Lord may be guiding or directing in that. Proverbs chapter 15, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray right away. And uh, we're, because I went ahead and grouped some of these uh, together. Uh, so um, uh, we're gonna just pray for the whole passage and we're gonna look at five fabulous phrases for fortitude from Proverbs 15. Matter of fact, we probably should give the definition of fortitude so we understand what we're talking about here. Fortitude is the strength of mind. Now, a couple days ago, I was in um, in 1 Peter, and I love this, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse one, it says, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. And that word arm means to weaponize, to weaponize your mind. I'm telling you, I think we as Christians just go like, just help me defend everything coming at me, God. Just help me. To. That is not what P- Peter says we should do. He says you need to go on the offensive with your mind. And I want to tell you, Many of you are losing it in your thought life because you, you have a defensive mode. You need to start offensively going after, after things. You, you, you know, I gave an illustration years and years ago in chapel. I brought out a box of Krispy Kreme donuts and I brought it and set it right here, at a little stand for it. And I said, okay, college students, whatever you do, the rest of chapel, do not think about those Krispy Kreme donuts. Well, what did they think about the whole chapel? Krispy Kreme donuts is sitting right in front of them. You you see, I I gotta tell you, some of you I just, I'm trying to defeat pornography in my life. You know what? Stop thinking about pornography. Replace the old with the new. Start changing your way you think. And I'm telling you, we're, we're just on the defense all the time. Christians today are just always on the defensive. It's time to arm your mind It's time to weaponize your mind. And so what is fortitude? It is the strength of mind that allows one to endure pain or adversity with confidence and courage. Fortitude is the strength of mind that allows one to endure pain or adversity with confidence and courage. I think there's some things today in some areas of our life that's obviously is not all inclusive, but there's a few areas that I think that we can be fortified in our mind. <coughs> Boy, I think about, we're gonna talk about speech today, we're gonna to talk about our attitude today, and just some really good verses. So we need God's help on his scriptures. So let's go to him. Father, it's not gonna be Shuttler's energy or his outline. It's gonna be the Holy Spirit And in Jesus' name, I pray that the Spirit of God would work in the hearts of these students. And Lord, I do have some specifics. I think at this time of the semester, Father, we're loose with our speech. We we don't respond right in the rooms. We're not responding right in our collegiates. We're saying things that we shouldn't say. We're talking about things we shouldn't talk about. And, and, and Father, I pray you would guide us and we would get, we would arm our mind about our speech today and that, and that the truths from Proverbs 15 will really help us respond and answer people when maybe someone else didn't handle things right. And, that, and then, Father, this area of, um, boy, boy, this this area of reproof, um, I just don't know of any area in my life that indicates to me quicker if I'm full of myself or if I'm full of the Holy Spirit faster than reproof that comes into my life. And Lord, I'm praying that these college students will hear, adhere to, and receive the truths on reproof today. Wow, just so important. Um, Talk a little bit about finances today and then, Lord, about our attitude today today. I, I just really ask um, that we would, you know, some of us don't have good health, and it's because we don't have the right attitude. We're, we're physically sick because of the attitudes we, we have. And, and Lord, I really pray today Proverbs 15 will help us in this area and equip our mind, weaponize our mind uh, to overcome some of these, this, this trashy thinking we got in our mind. And then Lord, that one verse at verse three about your eyes are everywhere, beholding the good and the evil. I just pray that that's something we'll meditate on, chew on all day long. That we just just can't leave that truth that uh, you're omniscient and you're omnipresent. And that just to me is a great comfort. And sometimes it's really convicting too, Father. But uh, I just pray the Holy Spirit takes over chapel. Um, The way the students have been receiving things, we're just really excited. I thank you for yesterday, and I I pray for today. We need you new and afresh today. So may Proverbs 15 speak to our hearts. We pray these things in Jesus' name, and God's students said, All right, let's go ahead and get started. Number one, think twice before you speak once. Think twice before you speak once. Let me give you some verses in Proverbs 15 that's going to help us on our speech. Look at verse number one. Boy, this is one of my trigger verses for my mouth and for my speech, and that's Proverbs 15, one. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Student body together, would you say that verse with me? That's just such a good one. we were not going to do this for all the verses, but that one's a good one. Everyone together, Proverbs 15, one. A soft his words stir up anger. Look at what you mean at verse number two. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. Look down at verse 4. A wholesome tongue. Oh man, it's like a tree of life, but perverseness therein, ooh, it's like a breach in the spirit look over at verse 23 great verse on the tongue and a man hath joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season at the perfect time how good is it by the way we always think about that talking to other people but have you ever thought about that you need to make sure you talk to yourself too And the right word given to yourself at the right time is exactly what some of you need to do. You know what? I'm all about prayer. But do you know there's another conversation I have every day that's almost as equal and maybe as important as prayer when I talk to myself, when my spirit talks to my soul. That is such an important time. And you gotta have the right word to tell yourself too. I love that. And then verse 28, another one on speech. The heart of the righteous speaks. Studyeth to answer. We're going to talk about that. But the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. Okay, so number one, think twice before you speak once. Look at the person next to you and say those very words. Everyone together, look at them. Think twice before you. All right, let me talk to you about this. Kind answers soothe angry feelings, harsh answers stir up angry feelings. Now, this is a great verse for all of your rooms right now. We're coming in these last weeks, and I'll tell you what tends to go is our speech. And we need to be very careful what happens in our rooms. Now there's gonna be people that are gonna say something to you that is not gonna be proper, it's not gonna be appropriate, and it's gonna be a little harsh. You need to return that with a soft answer. So the word soft there has the idea of tender or gentle. Tender or gentle. Now, some of you guys already go, like, well, that's not a word that goes with a man. Well, that's why we call them gentlemen. Because it does go with men. Matter of fact, girls, I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't, if I had a daughter and she was dating a guy that was harsh with his words, yeah, that's the guy, you, know, you, you ain't dating him anymore. No, no, no. Men, you need to have tender and gentle words. And that is very, no, this isn't just a girl thing, a soft answer, well that's kinda like for girls. No, 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 it is imperative that all of us learn how to give a soft answer to those that may respond to us, don't return evil for evil but return good for evil and have that soft answer. That's just really good. Harsh answers stir up anger. Boy, if somebody speaks harshly to you and you go back and you speak harsh to them and you go back that way like that, boy, there's gonna be problems in the room and some of you have already experienced that. A soft answer turneth away wrath. Look at verse number two. Words are the dashboard of our heart. Look at verse two. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. How do you know if somebody is wise or somebody is foolish? I'll tell you how you know what's coming out of here. Um, I have this uh, Toyota Highlander that God in a miraculous way provided. I, I, I just love my car and it's got everything I wanted. Okay, but everything I wanted it's got all these bells and whistles and there's tons of lights on the dashboard. And I hardly go on any trip that some light doesn't come on. And I'm going like, I have no idea what this light is. I gotta get the manual out and I gotta find out what that light is. But I'm gonna tell you, that Toyota Highlander has got a dashboard that's telling me everything that's going on in that car. And it's very sensitive with those sensors. I mean, it's just like, oh, I got another light. I it. But it's indicating What's going on with the engine and there's something wrong? Let me tell you something. You want to know what's going on in a person's heart? Look at their, listen to their dashboard. And the dashboard is the words that are coming out of their mouth. You know, is that person really wise? Well, what do they talk about? Is that person foolish? What do they say? It is the dashboard of your heart, your words. Uh, Then look at verse number four. A wholesome tongue is like a tree of life. But perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Woo. Right words bring life, healing, comfort, and fruit. Wrong words bring death, hurt, frustration, and emptiness. What are you talking about? What's coming out? Man, you'd say, Lord... I wanna be a wholesome tree that people can pick fruit from, from the things that I've said that encourage them and help them. Isn't it amazing the power that we have? Somebody can say something that just makes your day. It was like, well, I just needed to hear that. And somebody can say something that's just like, you know what, I'm out of here, I'm done with this place. Isn't it amazing the power of the tongue? Man, don't forget that as well. But I want you to look at 23 and 28, because boy, this is really good. Listen to verse 23 and 28. A man hath joy by the, everyone together, what's the next word? By the what? Have you noticed that's come up in almost every one of these verses? A soft answer, turneth away wrath. Answer means a reply. So we're dealing with a response to something. Somebody has done something <clears throat> or somebody has said something, and the answer is the reply to what somebody has done. And folks, guys, college students, you have got to learn how to answer properly. Look at this. And a man hath joy by the reply, by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good is it? Brother John, how do you get that good word? We're going to tell you in a minute. Look at verse 28. The heart of the righteous studieth to answer. Now, I understand that many of you have no clue what that word means, studieth. <laughs> but it's a very important word. That means you are investigating, you are contemplating, you are evaluating. And it is very important in ministry to learn how to give good answers and how to study the right answer to give. By the way, guys, if you're thinking about getting married one day, it is a very important character trait in marriage to study to have the right answer. After 42 years of marriage, there have been times I did not give the right answer. And I have learned That makes a big difference. So I just want to tell you, but I'm going to teach you the heart of the righteous studyeth the answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. All right. Take time to screen your speech. Evaluate your thoughts before you speak. So how do you do this, Brother Shuttler? You ask questions. Why am I going to say this? That's a great question to ask. Why are you to get back at her? That's why, to stop the rumors that are going on. So I'm gonna do my own, whoa, whoa. Why are you going to say what you're about to say? Number two, what are you going to say? Number three, oh, this is such a good one. How are you going to say it? Number four, when should you say it? Boy, have I learned that in ministry. It's not only what you say and how you say it, it's also the timing of when you do it, room leaders, dorm soups, these are great for you. Why are you going to that student dorm soup, going to that, talking to that student room leader? What what are you gonna say? How are you going to say it to your uh, your roommate? And when should you do this? Should you be doing that in front of everyone? Or is that a one-on-one thing? And to whom should I say it? Because a lot of times we're telling other people things that they don't need to know anything about. And you guys are saying things about other students and you're not going to the right source. You're not going to the right person. So those are some good ways to scream. So I, I had some fun and I, and I wrote some things down. So here's what we go. Whittle away the abrasive opinions. Some I mean of you just kind of need to whittle away some of those abrasive opinions. Number two, carve out the embellished facts. Well, this would really support my story a little bit more, but it's a little bit of embellished. Carve that out. Get rid of that. Dissect. The meaning of your tone of voice. Did I say that the right way? Lord, help me not only say the right things. Help me say it in a way that they would want to receive it. And then wrap all your words in honesty. Wrap all your words. Take the scalpel and do surgery on what you're going to say. And I want to tell you, that will give you the right answer. Look what it says in that verse 28. The heart of the righteous studieth to answer. It is very important that you think out what you're going to say. Now, I am very spontaneous. Those verses spoke to my heart today and every time I read Proverbs 15. And I'm I'm gonna tell you guys something. The number one area that has gotten me in trouble in ministry in 43 years is what's come out of this mouth the wrong way. It happened when I was a Dean of Students. It's happened this past week. There've been a couple things I I, I, I didn't handle right. I didn't answer correctly. Guys, I'm not telling you I'm standing up here as the guy, hey, I got this all figured out. But I am gonna tell you, I stand before you, and I say this from the bottom of my heart. I wanna study my answers better. The things that I say to other people, I want God to guide me. I've been away from my wife for it's going to be when I get back, it'll have been 12 days that I've been away from her. It is going to be very important the first two hours that I'm with Mary Lee that I say the right things, I say them in the right way. Hey, did you get this done? Did we, hey, what about this? What about that? Hey, did you ever get this done at the house? Hey, did you? what, what, what about this? That is not going to work. That is not going to work. And every one of us have to learn how to, how to study, how to give an answer. A soft answer turneth away wrath. And I'm going to say right now, some of your rooms need these verses. If you're going to have fortitude and you're going to be strong, you, you, you better speak or think. T- what was my thing? Because I really liked it. Yeah, think twice before you speak once. Everyone, let's say that. The twice before you speak one. That's a good one. All right, next one. And I don't have a lot of time, but I want to talk about this. Number two, God has a panoramic view with x-ray vision of man. God has this panoramic view with this x-ray vision of man. Now, I only got one verse in the whole chapter, but I have to tell you, this may be one of the coolest verses in all of Proverbs. And Proverbs is not known for its doctrinal truths, but you show me another verse in the Bible. Okay, Psalm 139, verses 1 through 6, omniscient, verses 7 through 12, omnipresence. But you show me another verse in the Bible. I can show you a Psalm where they're both, but a verse in the Bible that has the omnipresence and the omniscience of God. Look at this verse. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil. And the good. Wow, what a verse. Okay, now here's what you do with a verse like this. This is the this is a takeaway verse. And I really want to teach you all this. So Proverbs 15:3 would be the kind of verse that you would leave your devotions with that you would rudiment on all day long, meditate on. You would chew the cut on. But Proverbs 13:3, wow, the eyes of the Lord are in every place that that means he's got to be omniscient he's got to know everything and that means he's got to be omnipresent he's got to be everywhere for his eyes to be seeing everything and then you begin to chew a little longer and by lunchtime and you you bring that up again you bring proverbs 15 3 up again and you chew on it and you think you know i i, I feel like a lot of people around here haven't been understanding what I've been going through. They, they haven't been, well, the eyes of the Lord have. Amen. The eyes of the Lord understands everything. He, he, he sees what, exactly what you're going. He does understand you. And you continue to chew on this, it will comfort you or it'll convict you. Because you are not looking at that computer screen by yourself, bud. His eyes are watching that computer screen as you're watching it. You're not doing it. Hey, he, he, he knows the plagiarism you wrote. He, he, he's, his eyes are there. So this will either convict you or comfort you. This is one of those verses that you can chew on all day. And you just go like, wow, that Proverbs 15.3 just keeps coming back. The eyes of the Lord. Now, the statement I put down, he has this panoramic view He's got this view of the past, he's got this view of the present, and he's got this view of the future. Listen, he also, because he's omniscient, he doesn't only know what has, what is, and what will happen, he's got eyes to see what could have happened. Now everyone, you know, Brother Scheller, I'm not sure I, I'm understanding this. Yeah, chew on that for a while. God not only knows what happened, God only doesn't only know what is happening and what will happen. He knows what could happen. He sees it all. He's got this panoramic view, and yet he's got this x-ray vision. He knows exactly the motive of why I'm doing what I'm doing. He understands so he can see x-ray, but he can see the beginning from the end. He knows what, Lord, I don't understand what you're doing in my life right now. I don't know why I've gone through all these troubles this semester. I don't understand why this has happened. I don't understand why she broke up with me. I don't under, I don't get it all. God, trust him. He's got a panoramic view. And then when you put that, if there's anyone that can be wise to help you, it would be the guy that's got the best perspective. That would be almighty God. This is a great verse just to chew on all day long. And by the way, you can chew on it the rest of your life. But I'm just telling you, that would be a takeaway for me. All right, let's go to number three. This was the big one I wanted to talk about today. Wise warnings should be welcomed willingly. Wise warnings should be welcomed willingly. And this will be the last one we look at today. But I want you to see these. Verse five, it says this. A fool despises his father's instruction, but he that regardeth reproof is prudent. Look at verse 10. Correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way, and he that hateth reproof shall die. Look at verse 12. A scorner loveth not one that reproveth him, neither will he go unto the wise. Okay, there are three incredible verses about reproof. So what is reproof? Reproof is convicting correction that implies change because of a failure. Okay, what does that all mean? Reproof brings in two things that everyone in this room hate. Number one is change. Number two is failure. When somebody is reproving you, they are warning you, they are telling you you need to change about something because you haven't been doing something right. Now, I want to tell you this if you are pride, if you're full of pride and you're full of yourself and you have not died to yourself, you will not respond well to changing anything in your life. And number two, you will not respond well that you just failed in whatever you just did. I believe the greatest test of spirituality in a person's life is when they receive reproof. The response to reproof is gonna determine where you are. And I wanna tell you, some of you really struggle. By the way, we all struggle with reproof. No one's going around looking, man, I just look for somebody to correct me. We all struggle with reproof, but I'm gonna tell you, it is imperative that you receive the correction because I wanna tell you, if you cannot do it at 19, you are not doing it at 39. If you cannot receive correction at 20 and nobody can tell you anything, whoa, we don't want you to to marry anybody because I'm just going to tell you, it's going to be a terrible marriage. you got to learn to die to yourself. And the way you die to yourself is by receiving that correction. Nobody becomes good in any area without receiving reproof properly. I don't care what area it is if it's tennis hey hey you're not holding your racket right you know what i'm just gonna hold the racket the way i want it's only a game this is stupid well i'm just telling you you're never gonna do it right by the way you're holding that racket oh you know what i don't really care about the way i hold the racket well fine but you're never gonna get good in that that piano over there nobody is playing that piano well without reproof that is not where you put your fingers. That is not the way you do that. That is not how you do it. If you get good in any area, it's because you receive reproof properly. You receive correction properly. And boy, these are good verses. So I got a few guidelines. First of all, room leaders, dorm soups, you need to hear this. The reproof guidelines for the one giving reproof. And, and there's three, real quick. Truth, timing, and tone. If you're going to give reproof and room leaders, You're not a good room leader if you haven't given any reproof to your roommates. And dorm soup, wake up. If you have not reproved anybody this past week as a dorm soup, you're not doing your job. No, I'm serious. But dorm soups, there's three things you better learn. Make sure you're given truth. Do you have an accurate facts? Make sure you got timing. Is this the place and the time that you ought to give this reproof to that student? And number three, the tone. Is there a concern or is there malice in your voice? So if you're giving reproof, truth, timing, and tone is everything. But if you're receiving reproof, let me help you with something. Don't get so defensive. Not defensive, not distorted, and not decimated. I think some of us, when we get reproved, we immediately get really defensive, and then we distort the reproof that was given to me. So she thinks, I never do that. She never said never. You distort the reproof, or you get absolutely decimated by it. Oh, it is stupid for me, I'm terrible, I'm no good. I'm gonna go back to cutting myself. What's going on with you? No, don't get decimated by reproof. Don't get distorted by reproof. And don't get so defensive. Here's how you do it. Ready to learn, Ready to change, hey, 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 and ready to be thankful to the one who gave reproof. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Listen, if somebody reproves you, so let me tell you something 65, 43, 44 years of ministry, 65 years of age, I'm here for two weeks, I've been reproved twice since I've been here. I've been reproved twice. You wanna know who I was reproved by? I'm not telling. Amen. I've been reproved twice. And you know what, I wasn't decimated. Oh man, I ain't never coming back here again. All I do, well, they're just so critical there. They're just so critical, they're just picky. I didn't distort. i tell you what, both of them, they were right. Two different things. One, something I did. Other one, something I said. And somebody loved me enough to reprove me even though I'm only here for two weeks. I gotta tell you, I thanked both of them. I think that they don't know the one, the other, and they don't know what the two about, but I was reproved twice since I've been here. Guys, that's the only way you're gonna make it, you gotta receive reproof. If God is ever gonna use you in your ministry, you gotta be willing to be corrected. By the way, that's what the Holy Spirit's supposed to do every day of our lives. This is right, this is wrong. You've gotta be able to handle reproof. Okay, okay, I know we gotta be done, but I have to give this because I got an award. Uh, The last one was wise warnings should be, oh, we already already hit that one. And the last thing is a good attitude is better than good health. Man, there are some of the best verses in the Bible on having a good attitude. Look at verse 13. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. Uh, Look at verse 15. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. And look at verse 30. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and a good report maketh the bones fat. A good attitude is the best health care. Some of you are sick because you have a stinking attitude. You are physically have ailments, not everybody, but there are, the connection between your attitude and your health is a direct connection. So I got an award today. There is some, I got a little, I got a little statement and I'm giving out today. And I've had this in my office for a while. Attitude is everything, pick a good one. So there's two things you control. There's a lot of things at this college you do not control, but there are two things you control. Number one is your attitude and number two is your effort. You control that the rest of your life. You control your attitude and you control your effort. Since you control your attitude, pick a good one. So, I have noticed over the last two years that there is a young man here that picks the right attitude every day. I have never been around this guy that he did not pick the right attitude. He has obstacles and challenges, maybe more than any person in this room, and he picks the right attitude every day. Is Michael Lee in here today? Michael, come on down here. Come here, Michael. I have never been around Michael that he didn't pick the right attitude. He always is positive, he's always cheering, and he's always trying to support other people. Michael Lee picks the right attitude every day. And because of that, you get my little statement, okay? Michael, thank you 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 may have more obstacles and challenges than anyone in this room, and yet every day you get one thing you get to choose. You get to choose your attitude. And Michael, you always pick the right one. And you're a good example for all of them. So here you go. You're the Proverbs 15 guy of the day. Amen. You can go ahead and see. I love you, man. Praise the Lord. I got a... I got a picture I, got, I just want to show you. I, two weeks ago, Marilee and I visited uh, Frank Garlock before he passed away and Ron Hamilton, uh, Patch the Pirate uh, is there and he's got terrible dementia. He recognized me when I come, he wouldn't remember that I was there a minute after I left. His dementia is very bad. Every care worker that goes in to see Ron Hamilton says this, we have never seen a person with the severity of dementia that this man has, that is not everyone they ever see is very angry, very mean, and very hard. Ron Hamilton has a smile on his face all the time. He's just always smiling. And you know what? He has dementia terribly, but his spirit is still merry. There is a merry heart. When I go see Ron Hamilton, I just go like, God, I can't, I don't, I got everything going right now. And I don't have the attitude that this man has. He is always smiling. And, he, and I said, Shelly, is this the way he always is? And she tears up. She says, Jim, he smiles all day long. From the moment he wakes up, he puts his smile on. You know what? That's your choice, guys. You're not sitting in a bed with dementia. You don't have some of the challenges that Michael has. Come on, let's have a merry heart and let's have a continual feast. What God has given us and what God has blessed us with, we need to have the right attitude.